welcome to episode 19 of Fitness Unfiltered. I'm Jocelyn Thompson Rule, and today I speak with the phenomenal Chloe Wiley. Now, Chloe is a personal trainer and she's a hybrid lifter, which means that she competes in both Olympic weightlifting and powerlifting. So, yes, she is superhuman. <laughs> um, we discuss what training looks like for someone who competes in both, as well as looking at her personal training career so far and what she had to do to earn respect in the fitness industry. So her story is amazing. Her approach to her goals and her mindset uh, is infectious. So I think you'll really enjoy this episode. Um, If you do, as ever, I would love for you to leave a review on iTunes or whichever platform you are listening on. Enjoy the show. Chloe, thank you for coming on the show. How are you doing? Hey, good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very well, very, very well on this warm April evening. I know, lap it <laughs> <I'm> up. Roasting. <laughs> it's so nice. So Chloe, why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about you? So um, I'm Wiley Can Lift and I'm a hybrid lifter. So what does that mean? That means I compete in powerlifting and Olympic lifting. I've been doing both now together for the last two years and I've been powerlifting for a lot longer. I'm also a personal trainer and I coach powerlifting and beginners at Olympic lifting. Obviously, you're a hybrid athlete now combining the the powerlifting and the ollie lifting. You've got a, a very comprehensive background in sport anyway. So tell us a little bit more about how it all started and what your, your journey into where you are now. Yeah, basically, I've always done done sport. From my first sport was football from the age of four to about 14, 15. Joys of having an older brother. That's um, how I got into that. From there, I got into track and field where I competed up to about age 17, 18. I'm from Bath, so I competed down there. So I had a solid foundation already before becoming a weightlifter and powerlifter. As well in that time, I did kickboxing and boxing. So when it came to becoming a weightlifter and a powerlifter, I had speed, strength, and it was just the right thing to do at the time. And alongside of that, I did various things as well as uh, going to drama school and working with the National Youth Theatre and Royal Shakespeare Company. So yeah, I'm that kid who did everything. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And then what got you into personal training you've been personal training for how long 10 years now is it no no so I've been six years yeah being a personal trainer actively for six years okay and how did you get into that so yeah well alongside touring when I was in shows I was always training and then as any actor or performer knows when there's no work you have to go into normal day-to-day jobs so I was working in retail I was a supervisor in the store and working in a stock room. And then one day I just had enough and the manager was on my back a lot. And I thought I cannot go from something I love to something I hate. That's kind of a typical story for most personal trainers. So I decided, <laughs> I decided to take it upon myself and do something I really enjoy. And that was fitness. So I became a personal trainer it wasn't just as simple as that. At the time after I work, walked out of my job, I was at home for six months doing nothing, suffering a bit from depression, not really know what to do with myself. And it wasn't until I went really within and 
put myself forward to put myself in a place where I hadn't been before and that's going back into education um, and that's when I became a personal trainer I mean I had to get a bar job as well I had to get a bar job so I could afford to do it <laughs> yeah 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 because it's not cheap is it and that's interesting actually that that you were saying um, that you fell into a bit of a depression and then did a bit of I guess inner work to come out of that what was that process it was a really hard time it, I had, I went through a um, bit of madness at lost a few family members and went through some hard times just before that. So I just had to allow myself to kind of grieve while I was discovering what I wanted to do because I knew retail wasn't what I wanted to do. I knew I loved performing, but um, I wanted to do something that was me and I've always been an active athlete. So it was just coming to terms with that and accepting like being an athlete is okay. I think a lot of people have a view of athletes, uh, personal trainers and coaches, as in it's not a real job almost. So, yeah, I think I had that in the back of my head. And then crazy enough, actually, I was at home one day and I was watching um, the Commonwealth Games. That spurred me on a little bit more. And I saw Zoe Smith and Michaela Breeze battling it out. And that's when I knew I wanted to become an ollie lifter. I still didn't become one until a good few years later. Yeah, yeah, because I actually remember them when you came up to me in Gymbox. This is where we both worked at the time. And actually, maybe I had finished up working there. But I think actually, I think I had finished up working there. And you came over to me, you're like, I'm lifting now. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> and then you went on to absolutely smash it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because everyone knew me just as a power lifter. So it was it's mad. Like, I was just, I was one... Even at that moment in time, I knew I wanted to be an ollie lifter, but it, there's, there's that mad thing called fear, and fear stops you from doing a lot of things. And I, I let it stop me becoming an Olympic lifter six, seven years ago, even though I knew I was capable of doing it. Like Also, just because of that background that you had, you knew. Right? And I, I think ollie lifters are always known to start very young age. They always yeah. say, you know, start about 12 years old. And by that point, I must have been about just no 23. So I thought I was old, too old to do it. <laughs> so I went into powerlifting, even though Michaela Breeze came at that retirement, out of retirement to do that Commonwealth Games against Zoe Smith. At mm, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, basically how I started my uh, career as a personal trainer. And so how do you, so being a hybrid athlete, how do you then balance the two? Because it's fair to say they're fairly different. <laughs> yeah, it was hard at first. It was so hard. Yeah, I had some people telling me not to do it. Some people telling me to go ahead and do it. But I knew yeah. I've already like let a few years go by. So um, I just gave it a go. So I started off with ollie lifting literally just once a week for the first few months. So I went into it for like four months and I was I was doing all right. But obviously it was just that kind of thing, just pick up the weight and just try and get it in the air. Yeah. Then I went, I went traveling for seven months, came back from traveling started doing weightlifting three times a week. I got myself a coach and then I was powerlifting most of the time. And then it came mm -hmm. to being back for a few months and I thought, do you know what? I wonder what happens if I become a weightlifter full time and added in the powerlifting. And then that's mm -hmm. when it really took off. 
Yeah. Because then how do you, like, how is your week balanced then? Because I guess, yeah, go on. Yeah, you tell me how your week was balanced. So for a typical week before, so I'm currently injured at the moment, for injury, I was training um, six times a week, one day rest, and I had about four split sessions. So um, I've always, always worked with coaches. So my powerlifting coach would program three solid days of powerlifting. And then the rest was ollie lifting and then body weight and calisthenics and conditioning sessions. So I would have, I would squat, back squat sessions and deadlift about three times a week. And then the other second session could be just working with the bar and ollie lifting and slowly building up like that. But all mm. to, but everyone's different, right? So that works, works for me. I can do a lot more then I say like the average person because I have been something to do with sports for such a long time. Yeah, for sure. And did you find with your Ollie coach and your powerlifting coach, were they like a little bit, right, well, who, who's doing what this week? Not, you know what I mean? Like they would want to obviously prioritize their, yeah, their yeah. lifts and their training <laughs> over. Was that like, did you have to manage that as well or... It all depended depended what comps were coming up. So if a powerlifting comp was coming up, we would concentrate almost more on that. I knew that I couldn't go as heavy on the um, Olympic lifting. But also yeah. Olympic lifting is such a skill set. So yeah. for the first year and a half. You keep going, don't you? Yeah, 100%. So the first year and a half, it was just learning how to dance with a bar, as I like to say, and how to move around the bar, not bully the bar, and respect it. So that... That was the first uh, year and a half. I have no problems when it comes to strength. That's probably almost my weakness in some way. I can, yes, because you could just muscle it up, couldn't you? Exactly, and that can only get you so far. So yeah, getting coaches to understand. Um, Jason, my powerlifting coach, has always been amazing and understanding and worked alongside of me. I've gone through um, a few weightlifting coaches just to find the perfect balance, learn what I can learn from them, move on. And at the moment I'm with uh, Giles Greenwood and he's the king. Yes, exactly. And it's like magic at the moment having Jason and Giles and they just get it and they have the same vision. So it's taken a few years, but at the moment we're at a complete sweet spot um, with them understanding and they respect me as a coach and personal trainer. They trust my judgment yeah amazing yeah Giles is is probably one of my favorite coaches whenever I kind of teach about coaching I guess I always bring him up because he's the because he I you know got some sessions under him and used to lift at um, Bethnal Green when he was still there and then I used to get some private sessions with him and I remember I did a comp and you know I came off after my first lift and he was like right what do you want to put on the bar and I was like you know you choose because I just fully trusted him and I was just like I just 100% was just like no all of my trust is in you I trust what you say I know that you know that I can do what I can do so and I just I also love that he's not he's very reserved as a coach he's not telling you a bunch of different things and he might tell you the same thing all the time (laughs) until you get it (laughs) and he's like it's I love the it. same shit. <laughs> and he's like, You're doing the same you can, thing. You can listen or you cannot listen, not listen. It's up to you. <laughs> and it's like, it's very exactly. 
Exactly. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, he, you know, is a, you know, has got just a phenomenal history himself. So, yeah, big shout out to Giles on that. So, yeah, well, yeah, you don't need anything else now that you've got Giles. You, you, exactly, you must never yeah. change again. <laughs> no, no. It's funny at the moment, I, I really don't feel like I will anytime soon. I've, I've had a few and um, mm. I've learned so much from, from them. And it's all about mm. what works for you as a lifter. Because as a lifter, you do change. So something mm. that might have worked for you before won't work for you again. Mm. Um, and especially yes. I am a young weightlifter, as in I haven't been doing it for long, but I have excelled very quickly. Yeah. And it's about working with someone who's right for me at the time. Yeah, amazing. And then so obviously in your in your own coaching and in your own business, you then have to work what is very serious training because you compete and you compete at a good level around then your coaching and your business. So how do you manage all of that? First again, it was hard. So about three years ago, I decided to make the decision to cut down my one-to-one sessions. So before, like many personal trainers and coaches, you work all the hours you can get. And then uh, one day I stopped and I thought, hang on a minute, I need to remember my worth. So I switched mm. all my business to morning, morning and lunchtime and completely cut out the evenings. It's very important as an athlete to have your own time, your downtime, structure and routine. In my life, I prioritize myself and then mm. my business. So, um, mm. yeah, just with my face one to one clients, I work from six in the morning, Monday to Friday. It's about 2 p.m. And then I go off and train. And then I have my online business. Uh huh. And that's so your so your coaching, online coaching. Yeah, strength and conditioning. Like that, yeah. yeah, and powerlifting and only lifting. What was that transition like? Because I know, I mean, it's it's such a common thing amongst trainers, like especially at the beginning, like you're you're on the gym floor and you've got. And I, and I think I definitely believe you have to do your time on the gym floor and you have to mm. be there to build that business. You do have to be there morning and night. Yeah. Like you couldn't start off doing you know the hours that you know you currently do from the start because you just you you know as you say you've got to take what you can get but what what were you scared of that transition number one and then how did you do it and how did your clients receive it because I know that a lot of trainers would feel like oh yeah but I can't do that either because they're letting their clients down like there's that you know emotional attachment or clients are just not going to want to train them or there's not going to be anyone who wants to train at that time like what was what was it like for you mm. going from right? I need to switch that up. And what fears did you have around it? Well, I've already been doing this career by then for three years, and one of my favorite sayings is, "You either can or you can't. Either way, you're right." So I just said I can do it, and that was it. That was my mindset, and I was prepared. Just if if I was struggling, I was prepared for that. But I knew I needed to separate. My, my time, my work's time. Otherwise, I knew my work was going to overtake me. And then I thought, mm. if I ever want to become someone to finish on the podium in my comps, mm. I need to, someone needs to go. So um, yeah. I went away. First of all, I, I was working about 40 odd hours a week, everything I could get. And then I went away for seven months traveling the world. And while I was away, I was still doing online training. And then I mm-hmm. dropped my clients a message like about two weeks before I come back saying, hi guys, I'm coming back, but these are the hours I'm going to be working. 
And I didn't say why, because I felt like I didn't need to justify my actions. And do you know what? They were all so amazing. And I came back to, to a business and I came back to them all work coming at the hours I said I could do. That was a massive confidence booster for me. And it, got, it yeah. showed me how much work I put into my business. Yes. And I've never looked back since. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Amazing. And so there's, a, there's a, a couple of things there that, so obviously one of the things was that you, you went traveling. So you did, there was a clean break of sorts, but obviously you had invested enough time and delivered enough quality training that upon your return, people were just willing to go, yep, I want to continue training with you. So I'm willing to work now into to your schedule. So that's amazing, number one. Uh, number two, um, I guess, is the the driver or the why, if you like, as to why you wanted to do that in the first place and, and you wanted to prioritize your lifting and your competing. And that's quite significant, I think, because a lot of people may not want to work however many, 40 hours a week or from morning to night in the gym, but actually they don't have a strong enough pull to make them do otherwise. And so then they just <coughs> mull along and are never quite going to make that move because there's not that driver behind it. So, um, yeah, it seems like two quite, you know, significant things happen there to, to, for you to be able to come back and have a thriving business, which is amazing. To be honest, I always say, say anyone can do it and you just got to know, like, what are you living for? And I think to enjoy your job, you can't be working that. Like, just because you're working yeah. so many hours, are you still enjoying your job? And now I've cut the hours down. I, I love what I do. I love helping everyone get to where they got to get to and helping them get on the platform and compete themselves. And not yeah. just that, and it helps me enjoy my training as well so what would you say because it seems like you've got a you know an amazing mindset which I'm obsessed with by the way um, <laughs> but what would what would your advice be to trainers starting out and then at what point do you feel like they could transition into something you know they're not their not their dream job or whatever because I think I think within fitness there are site like you know I've been in fitness for 17 years now and I've, I've done kind of lots of different bits within it because there's so much scope to do so many different things and and now uh, you know my work has become a bit more refined but there's still so much more I want to do but what would be your advice to to trainers starting out for yeah the, the new personal trainers and there is so many coming all the time what's amazing I say come in willing to learn from other personal trainers and yeah. coaches. Never yeah. come in as if you know everything. The best thing I think I did was I started as a personal trainer. And number one, I was young. And then you had trainers mm. in there who had been on you, but been there for 10 years. And you, you want to kind mm. of gain their respect as well. So what I did, mm. I was I was always asking them questions if I can jump in with them um, in their sessions and just learning about the gym how to be as a personal trainer it'd be great if you can get a personal trainer but understandably you can't always afford it so just ask personal trainers can you jump in with them can you learn from them and then really start to understand what you like as a personal trainer and what you like um, as someone 
in the fitness industry who trains themselves. Personally, I think the sooner you find that, the better your business will become. You know, like chisel chisel what you do and build in it, build a foundation and build up. So I was all, I was into strength and conditioning and I just knew if I wanted to become something or someone in this industry was going to have respect, I knew I had to learn from other power lifters, weight lifters, strength and conditioning coaches, movement coaches, and how that can help me become a better coach. So, yeah, that's my uh, advice. Yeah, amazing. So good. And what about just one of the one of the other big things I think is and and again, you know, you, you've got a really good approach and a really good mindset around it and how to like you knew what you wanted. A lot of people, I think, get into the industry because it is, you know, you can, you can get into it relatively easy in terms of there are no prerequisites so you don't necessarily need a sports science degree or anything like Mm -hmm. that you can pay your money which is also not cheap to get in but then once you're in you're in you can do your month course your six-week course or whatever what I find with a lot of coaches starting out is this sense of imposter syndrome and not knowing enough and what I think and what and you know your experience was the same as mine when I started out I was uh, working out of a PT studio and also fitness first at the same time and there were coaches ahead of me who had phenomenal knowledge and were willing to share it so I feel so lucky that I was what I feel to be in the right place at the right time and I think that that knowledgeable coaches if they see in a new trainer not necessarily even that they've got potential or anything like that but if they just see somebody who's got a genuine interest in honing their craft that they will help them out I've definitely had experiences in the past where you know say when I was working at Gymbox and people would want to learn some stuff and but it was all very you know I remember someone saying to me oh you know can we just do a session together where you you can teach me how to teach the Olympic lifts and I was like (laughs) that's not a session babes like go and and, you've got to go and be coached yourself yeah first of all and understand that before you can even you know and I didn't even you know coach it coach it that much at all but it's important to be that coach who is that direct as well yeah but what would you say to those who do kind of feel that imposter syndrome and another thing around that as well is you know I've, I've kind of heard people say before you know oh you know imposter syndrome's rubbish and screw it and but I often feel that that's said by people who have gotten over that and that and they are excelling in their careers and so it's very easy to say also a little bit like one of the things that 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 I would like to see in the future is is more female coaches doing their thing like it's a it's a you know an industry where there are kind of less female coaches in the more experienced or acknowledged ranks. And I would like to see that be, you know, in 10 years, 20 years time, because I think it will take that time, but I would like it to be more of an even slate when, you know, in that time. And, And I've also heard other coaches say, what are you talking about? Like there shouldn't just be women only events and all that kind of stuff. But it's kind of like, well, no, people have to have access. And if they don't have access, then it's not enough to say, no, we're just going to come together because that's not how people feel. They feel intimidated. They feel all of those other things. So what are you, sorry, I've got off on a bit of a tangent there. You can feel I'm, <laughs> I'm passionate about that. <laughs> yeah, nah. nah, it's good, it's good. 
But yeah, what's your, what's your view? I've just given you mine. No, no, that's perfect. Oh, no, this is this is a good one. Um, one of my favourite things, right? They say being a female is like being black twice, right? So that mm. means we have to work in this, in this industry. Yeah. I'm going to say it. We haven't leveled up yet. We haven't got the same respect as men yet. Not fully. That means as mm-hmm. a female personal trainer, if you are coming in here, you have to go in heart. You can't, yeah. you, you know what I mean? That means show what you got. And unfortunately, it, Instagram can help but not help at the same time. You have to be aware of what you're posting. You have to understand what you want your clientele to be. You have, If you want men to take you seriously, why are they going to take you seriously? And if you want other females who have been in the game for a long time, you have to earn that respect in some ways by mm. being very aware of what you're putting out there. Imposter mm. syndrome it is real, very much real, mm. because you, mm. you're you in this world where you feel like you need to be acting a lot of the time. And unfortunately, that is the fitness industry to a certain degree before mm. you've hit certain marks. I probably done it my, uh, myself at times and it wasn't until I suppose these last couple of years where I have been work, putting workshops on that, that I'm like, oh, I do know what I'm doing. I do know what I'm mm. talking about. And this is why I came so passionate about what I do because I knew I needed to represent females. Yeah. And to show them that, you know, well, we are bosses on our own rights. So this is mm. why I actually started competing a lot more than I would naturally like to do because mm. I wanted to be, I wanted to show that, you know, I know my skill set. I've been there. I've done it. And mm. as you know, a lot of people still see weightlifting and powerlifting as a man's world. So for a female to come along and do both, and now what my my biggest clientele is actually personal trainers. I coach a lot of male personal trainers. And that's just because I just came into the game willing to learn, did it, invested in myself. I got coaches. So all the money I was earning, I got coaches so I could learn, read mm. those books, listened to those podcasts, put myself yeah. in a vulnerable position and competed lost yeah one cried laughed and I just le- learned from that and I'm always still willing to learn and then I showcased what I can do and that's what you know especially female personal trainers you have to come in knowing that it's not gonna be easy but knowing mm. you have to put in the ground work to gain that respect and if you believe in something you say, you say it and you make yourself heard. And I think that's what I've finally got to a point in my uh, 29 years of life that I am unapologetic for who I am. I no longer, um, you know, quiet and down to listen to other male strength and conditioning coaches who will talk over you when you're talking because they don't like the idea of it. But actually, it's uh, if if you know what you're doing, you know what you're doing. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I love that. I love it. And you mentioned books and podcasts. What are your favorite training books or the ones that stick out in your mind? Yeah. So when it comes to books, 
and read a number of strength and conditioning ones at the moment. I'm reading the Olympic weightlifting third edition by Greg Evert. So it breaks yeah. down a lot for um, weightlifters. Actually, really helpful for powerlifters as well because it does say like a lot of um, programming and technique for like squats and deadlifts and stuff like that. I've got one of those on our shelf. I don't know what version it is. It might be the what's the Olympic weightlifting one there? The Everett one. I know he's got his headphones and he can't hear me. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, like, on the couch. <laughs> it's like a Bible. And um, then, we've got it sitting there. I think it might be like the, maybe it might be the first one. We've had it for a while, but okay, cool. And so that's what you're reading. Podcast. It's a sports motivation podcast. Nia Sobo, Sobo um, ex NFL player. And he's just great for motivation and just getting your head right. Love that. I'll, I'll add that to my, I'll add that to my list. Amazing. Okay, so at the moment, I was going to say in the UK, but in fact, worldwide, we are in the middle of COVID-19 lockdown. Are we entering week, I want to say we're entering week, week four of the yeah, so, yeah, about UK lockdown. So obviously online, um, there's lots of fitness content happening. And I know there have been kind of, you know, arguments in and around it and people saying there's too much people saying blah, 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 people shouldn't pivot their businesses and all that kind of stuff at the end of the day I think that people are, are are doing what they think is best at the time so some people are thinking right I need to give people workouts other people are thinking right I need to convert my business so I think everybody's doing what they think is best right in the middle of a situation that we have not been in before so people react yeah. in different ways what would you say because I know you did a, put up an Instagram post about running yeah, I saw that. And you were like, let me just tell you this. <laughs> um, and uh, so what? what's your advice to, or what are you advising your clients if they haven't got access to equipment to do? What What do you think about, about this time, this period of time that we, that we didn't anticipate? And, and what, what are your feelings and what advice are you, are you giving around it? So my clients and my lifters, a few of them have things and a few of them don't. And I just asked them, how do they want to use this time and not pressured them into thinking, you know, they still have to be lifting and stuff like that. So of the, obviously a lot of them do want to keep active. And then some of them who've had like niggles in their body, what we've done, I've done some research and we put them into like a, a rehab stage and then we're building back up. Guys, you can still keep super strong without having our barbell and weights there uh, all the time just having a few bands and things like that. But yeah, the, the post you were talking about was uh, say no to jogging. And that's as, as a lifter. If you haven't jogged before or ran before, there's so much more to it <laughs> like there is now anything. So it, it was just the whole idea, like don't go into panic mode and feel like you have to be moving because everyone else is moving that much on your Instagram feed. If anyone's making you feel a way about yourself, unfollow them because if you're feeling pressured then that's not the right way to be feeling when it uh, comes to fitness are you an athlete most likely not so why are you feeling this way so build up a new routine after that post or maybe before I also done another post on um before COVID-19 why we why did you not know how to move your own body weight <laughs> how many people do you know I've not done fitness before, but then rock up to mm. um, CrossFit, right? And then mm. they go, oh, mm. it's really hard. And I go, one of the main things you don't know how to do is move your own body weight. 
So let yeah. one use his time to learn how to move your own body weight. And what a perfect time right now. The once you know how to use your own body weight and you go start going back to weights or whatever you do, cycling, I think you'll be so much more connected with your body. And yeah. it's just going to make everything move and flow so much better. So while we're down yeah. in this lockdown, lockdown, that's what I would say is just learn how to mm. move your body. I agree because there's, there's, you know, there's so much, you know, because we're certainly in London, everything's fast paced. People get into the gym, they do their lifts, they come out. There's, you know, they, they, they're squeezing stuff into however long they've got in their lunch break or or whatever. But this is an opportunity to just go, right, actually, let me just take it back. Because so often, you know, whether it's, you know, you're talking about CrossFit or whatever, often people, if they do, I, I don't know how many times I've told individuals, okay, we need to, we need to break that down and build it back up. Hmm. But how many receive that information right? <laughs> with gratitude? Yeah. It's not very many. (laughs) So because they want to push and push and push until they get to that plateau because then they physically can't do any more because of their whatever, whether it's movement limitations or whatever. So actually, yes, to, to use that time to then just strip it back a little bit. And of course, not panic because you are getting the opportunity to do some stuff um, that you haven't done before. And, you know, to your point, why do you not know how to control your own body weight? Because if you are loading it up, you know, it's just it's just madness. Um, so what would you say? So um, you were saying that you could still keep super strong with the use of bands. What would you recommend in and around that? And, and th- that's still presumably for somebody who still can, you know, again, it's not just if you're super strong in the gym under load. You've still got to strip that back and know how to move your own body and move it, move it well. But, but for someone who does lift how would you suggest then they that they do that with bands like what are your recommendations to either your athletes or anyone else yeah so um you can get different types of resistant bands and they come in different colors and usually when you order them it will say kind of what kilos it should add up to if they're Mm. used in the right way so for example you can still mimic a back squat put the bands under your feet pull the band up to be on your shoulders and what that does, you come down with your same body weight, so very simple. But when you come up and through, you push through the bands, you're pushing through resistance. So it's like you've got weights on your back. So you're still changing the tempo in your lifting. And what I would say is once you start getting used to the bands in that way with the squat, for example, you can go through more of a hypertrophy phase and mess around with the, um, with the reps. So you're working for reps. Mm-hmm going up higher in reps and then once you say done that for four weeks you can start adding a second band to make it feel like Mm -hmm. you're going for more more resistance resistance yeah so yeah you can still do that you can still mimic good mornings deadlifts Mm. and there is so Mm. much you can do if you seem to be incredibly good at pull-ups you can also add it in for your pull-ups so when you're pulling up and down, you've got a band helping you or pulling you back down. You mm. can have have it with your push-ups, have a band around mm. you, so you're pushing through. Yeah. So again, you're changing the resistance and tempo. If you're outside and you've got something to loop the resistant bands, you can still do um, face pulls, tricep push-downs. There is so much you can do. Um, if you look on my page or actually my coach's page, Jason Coltman, you can see loads of band exercises and you're going to be working your body 
in complete different way once you you've mastered your body weight <laughs> that's what you, that's most important that's Master it isn't weight. it but that's that's the thing because again lots of people use bands yes but they don't they don't have that 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 mastery over their yeah. own their own movement so you will see something like a band of good morning and i'm just right. like oh god please you can, exactly you can they still just get don't injured. have that awareness you can still get injured even if it's just a band you can still get injured you know be aware and connected with your body so so if mm. if you're thinking why be so connected i'm telling you now the best powerlifters and weightlifters come from gymnastic backgrounds and ballet dancers. Why? Mm. Because they're so in tuned and aware with their body. They know where, how to move through space. And that's what, that's what makes a good lifter. Mm. Absolutely. So good. So yeah, lots of bands out there. Not everyone knows how to use them, but, but I mean, you know, in the way that you are saying, mm. use them, to, you know, to kind of mimic the lifts. Yeah, how a lot of bands are used commonly yeah. aren't necessarily used in that way. So it is very specific to you know someone who is is uh, you know has relative experience in in lifting. So, but yeah. really good because I think a lot of people who are used to barbells, dumbbells, kettlebells, whatever, just don't feel like they can. You know, I've got a band. What's that going to do? And it's like actually, no, it can be really tough. As can just your body weight be if you're if you're using it in the right way really good really really good okay and then final question for you this has been so good chloe thank you so so much what does 2021 look like for you what's the plan ah uh, 2021 let's not 2020 worry. is kind of like <laughs> just, just had a little pause honestly so we're just gonna, just because i don't know when we're coming out of this i'm just gonna just do a little no, you, you know what? I'm not going to allow you to do that. I'm not just going to allow you to write off 2020 like that. Don't do that to it's me. Not, it's not written off. It's just what will you have done in 2020 that you'll be feeling in 2021? Oh, That's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, I'm still so excited about 2020 and what's to come, but I don't mm. know if that's me. I'm just so excited about what's to come in life, to be honest. 2020 for me is I've just suffered two injuries and I've never had injuries before. And then... Bam, oh, no. What did you do? In time. So I broke my hand and wrist in November. Ouch. Ouch. I did know that. I did know that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, did, I did that in November. Um, Ollie lifting. I was very fatigued, Ouch. tired. Didn't listen to my body. So you've got to listen to your body, guys. Uh -oh. I had to yeah. And the clean went wrong. Yeah, broke my hand and fractured my wrist. And then that was on a Wednesday. And then on the Sunday, I didn't know it was broken, guys. I competed at the English Championships and got silver. So, okay. so pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, went gold. But, uh, but uh, yeah, so. It was hand. <laughs> you know, it was my hand. But no excuses. Uh, so I broke that. And then <laughs> it healed. And then. Um, Went back in and then I got a trap nerve in my my leg um, and it was trapped for nearly four weeks. Got released and now I'm rehabbing that. Um, so honestly, this this COVID nineteen it couldn't have come mm. at a perfect time for me. Honestly, it's the mm. first time yeah. ever I've never felt I haven't felt pressured to compete. Probably the pressure for myself. Yes. I haven't felt pressured yeah. to be in a brilliant, the best shape to compete, body weight and things like that. So this time mm. I am 
just set a new routine. So adding a lot more mobility in the morning, stretching, rehab, looking after my body, working on my weaknesses, keeping my strength strong. Um, so that's what I'm doing at the moment. So when we come out the other side of this, I will be more than ready. So the end of 2020, the plan is to be stronger than I've been, leaner, faster, smarter. Yes, smashing the comps. 2021 will probably be the biggest year of my life. See, I told you, and there you were, telling me about 2020. The work put in in 2020 is, is, the most is what important. will... Yeah. Exactly, that is what's going to get me there. So, yes, exactly. You know I mean, you have to, exactly. you have to build that foundation. I've been building it for years, and this, I feel like this is the last layer mm. for me. Like, you know, I got injured for a reason because if you're if you're not willing to listen to your body and stop, the universe will stop you, you know? And it, and it stopped me twice, and then COVID 13 stopped me a third time. So, mm. 2021, mm. it is honestly to go out there and, um, I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it loud. I want to hit the um, European Championships. I want to be solidly in the English squad. Yeah, just bringing gold home. And for business-wise, I want my lifters to be um, lifting better than they ever have done before. So 2021 is going to be a big year. Fighting. So, And I have literally no doubt about that. Like that's, it's just, yeah, it's it's written, I think. And I agree. I I think that um, on, on many different levels, you know, as, as horrific as it is right now in terms of, you know, people losing their lives and, you know, just a lot of people suffering in different ways. Um, I think a lot of good will come out of it also. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll view the world and each other in a different way too. And, and I, I have to agree with you, like the timing of it, that just to take the, the foot off the pedal a little bit. Right is also what I mean my my 2019 was just mad like it just from start to finish yeah was just relentless and mm. I had made the decision that this year was not going to be the same and actually I'd managed to balance it out a little bit in terms of usually with work I'm a very last minute person so I'm, I'm used to kind of working under pressure and I just very consciously this year was like no you're not gonna you're gonna do your work with a view to what's happening a couple of months ahead, a couple of months ahead. But still, just in the last few weeks, it was kind of building up to a bit of a stress point. And so to actually just kind of step back a little bit was just good for me to go, oh, okay, cool. All right, reset. And then, and then, you know, go again. So, um, and then for me, training wise, like I, obviously I had Maxi last year and um, I didn't really get back into my training properly at all. And actually Mm. now, I've been doing, uh, we've got loads of bells at home. So we've got pairs from 12s all the way up to 32s, I think. So we've just been able to do some, you know, lifts at home and I've been going on runs and stuff. And actually I feel like I'm back into my training a little bit more now. Um, I haven't picked up a barbell properly in a while, but so, so to me, I'm kind of getting back into a nice routine. So it has had its blessings, but, um, Chloe, it has been so good. Cause I don't, we, we, apart from, apart from passing by in the gym and meeting each other in the changing rooms, we've right. never actually spoken for this long before. No, we haven't. It's, 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 it's mad, right? About, I can remember starting that gym box and knowing who you are. So this is, this is an honor to me. Like, I feel like 
Oh, you're, you're like a wow. you're, seriously, that's not me being kind. It's truthful. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, you you are goals. You are absolutely goals. You've um, you're smashing it, and you're putting up, you're leveling it for us women, and you're showing us what can be done. So yeah, I thank you for that as well, especially as a mother. Oh gosh, too. oh gosh, no, thank you. That's that's really lovely to hear. So thank you. And then, so where can people find you, Chloe? On that typical thing called Instagram. I'm on there. Wiley can lift. Um, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Wiley can lift, and our website weliftandwelive.com. Oh, I love that name. We lift or we live. Yeah, that's, that's for next time. I'll tell you about that. <laughs> cool. Chloe, thank you so much. Your you. attitude is infectious. I love it. So it's so, so good. And actually, yeah, seeing you just, you know, over the years, really, really develop into exactly who you are with such a, I don't want to call it a, a niche because I'm, I'm not always like, I'm, I'm always a, a fan of kind of like generalists. I don't think that people need to find a niche, but I think you really have, like I, I watch you and like, you know, you power lift and you Olympic lift. You've got a very successful business. You go traveling. You're absolutely who you are. And you ride bikes as well, not bicycles as in <laughs> no, bikes, yeah. you know, actual bikes. <laughs> and you look wicked as well. So cool. <laughs> so, uh, it's been so nice to see that journey of you almost like becoming Chloe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, or becoming mm-hmm. Wiley. It's been really good. But thank you so, 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 so much. I look forward to seeing you on the big screens in 2021. And then, of course, just hearing about your progress um, over the rest of 2020, because it is definitely not done. Um, lots more to come from that too. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you so much and see you very soon. Bye.